Um, but uh-huh. before that, I would try to roll blunts, and it just, you would like, you turn it over, and everything just kind of falls out the bottom. It's not, just packed. Right? Oh, because yeah. you're not closing it on the Yeah, so like, it's just like this circle now, <laughs> full of nothing. <laughs> What's up, what's up, my highness queens? We are back with another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. And before I get into like my little spiel here about this month's episode, it is August, which like in my opinion is the best month in like ever. But you know, just saying. But (laughs) by the time this releases, my birthday will have been two days ago. So I just wanted to take time out to say thank you to each and every person that's wished me happy birthday. Those that personally know me and those that don't, I was extremely touched by all the love that I was shown on my birthday. And I just really wanted to make sure to thank all of you guys because I would not have the stamina. I don't know if that's the right word, but Bluntly black girls would not be anything without y'all because I would have gave up a long ass time ago. So I appreciate the birthday wishes and I appreciate y'all rocking with me. There's like this dog barking outside, which is just absolutely ridiculous because it's 1115. That's just anyways, let's talk about this episode. It was so much fun. Talking with my girl Opal of Melanated Smoke. She is hilarious and she really just kind of keeps shit real. And I really, you know, we're all about authenticity over here at BBG. So me and Opal talked about being a can of mom and what's that like talking to your kids and how she just is really trying to fight to destigmatize can of moms, can of parents, but especially black can of moms. Um, we talk about choosing cannabis over alcohol. We talk about commercials, which let me tell you, I have a very maybe irrational dislike for the latest Popeye's commercial. Just saying. And lastly, we talk about why access, education, and legalization all go hand in hand when you're talking about cannabis. She really made me come I have like a little bit of a light bulb moment and um, yeah, I felt really good. So I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know what you think. Comment, rate, subscribe, do all those fun things. Cause like I said, without you, there would be no bluntly bad girls. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. So let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It's my girl, Highness Queen Opal. And can I just say, I love your name. One, I don't think I have met an Opal that wasn't like my great grandma. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, no, I see you because it's an old name. Yeah, Seriously. but it's like, it's not a name you hear anymore. And when you have all these like very crazy like names. Um, yeah. I like going to our roots and, you know, going to our ancestors and getting those names. I think that's beautiful. Um, and it's also, you know, a pretty, it's a gem, right? A gem, a diamond. I mean, it's funny that most people 
when I was growing up, I, there was like this old, this white lady on um, Young and the Restless, I think it was, some I soap opera. I love Young and the Restless. <laughs> oh, I'm saying that right for all the soap opera heads, but her name was Opal. And that was like the one. Oh, on, um, was it All My Children? It was either All My Children or One Life to Live. My mom used to watch both of those. And okay. So, yeah, doing my hair, getting my hair braided. I knew all about Opal. <laughs> I grew up in the salon, so that was my my family's business in downtown DC. So I was in the salon heavy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my whole life. Yeah, so yeah I get it. Yeah, because I mean, I'm loving the hair. I'm, lo- I'm the fro is giving life. If anybody knows anything about me now, for melanated, my hair is gonna change a hundred million times. Oh no, it's just part. Of it's an accessory, so it's gonna be this to something else. I just I have fun with. I think you have to, because, like, especially for us, for black women, when they're always trying to police our hair so much, I think it's even more important to be like, no, I'm going to be Becky today, Carrie tomorrow, and Shaniqua next week, and you're going to take all these bitches. (laughs) Okay. For fact, yes. I mean, we want to own it, too. It's like, they try to make you feel funny. I know years ago, it was like this, oh, you're not wearing your own hair. It's like, it was some taboo to that, too. Mm-hmm. So now it's not like that. It's just like hair has become, like I said, an accessory. So everybody's wearing this. It. Like, does it go with my outfit now? Does it go with the mood I'm feeling? And that's that's kind of how I roll. Just depends yeah. on how I'm feeling. I remember when I first started wearing wigs, and it was during that time of, oh, you don't wear your own hair. You must be bald headed. So I would say maybe a year or two before it became okay to like tell people you were wearing wigs. And I remember feeling like so, I don't want to say maybe insecure is the right word, but like so cautious about like, does it look like mine? Can people tell it's mine? Right, right. And like, what if people think I'm wearing a wig, then they're automatically going to think I ain't got no hair. And like, boo, I got hair under here. I just don't feel like doing it. And, but that's the thing. Like, why does it feel like that? Right. This, it was this whole, like, like, mental fuck that I went through. And I did it. I wore them anyways because, again, I don't, I didn't want to do my hair. And uh-huh. um, and I was trying to, you know, get the edges back <laughs> because the braids and took the edges. Um, I got you. And it just, it just, it was a very, very strange time. And then to... I cut my hair off in 2018. So that was probably like the middle of when it was okay to wear wigs. Like, you know, a couple years past the the beginning of this whole thing. And I was like, see, I sat here and did this all this time. I could just cut it off and been happy. And now I got less heat going on when I do wear wigs because there ain't no hair under there. We got some ventilation in there. But you say that, and it's like, you should say 2018, and that makes me think about, I I have one of my best friends. I don't even call her my friend anymore. She's my sister. And she has scarring alopecia. Mm -hmm. And so for her, uh, wigs and having to wear, you know, her wearing wigs was from years ago. Mm -hmm. Before it was a thing, before it was like a fashion statement, for her it was a necessity. Mm-hmm. So I've always been very sensitive to um, hair. Growing up with hair, knowing that everybody, would, even with healthy hair, they come in there because they want to make a change, look different, and transform. So hair was an accessory before the society got onto it. No one knew women were getting their hair like years ago. It was like bonded in. Mm-hmm. 
but now it's like I, I change my wigs every day that women do. You know, mm-hmm. you go on YouTube, you can learn how to do anything, but yep, I it love a, it. It's a stigma, just like cannabis. You know, there was a stigma too. If you wear a wig, you don't have any hair. My mm-hmm. girlfriend didn't have; she she was losing hair in places, so she had to wear it. So it's mm-hmm. just everybody needs to just back up off, people. <laughs> Let right. me see. Let a black woman in her hair live, however she may please. Yes. I agree with that a hundred. And 10%. Um, so we got so far off. <laughs> All that just from your name. Look at that. You know that. <laughs> so, like I said, it's too, it's so crazy that, you know, right now in this journey in the line of smoke, you guys are calling me like highness and goddess. That's weird to me. Why? I'm so cool. I'm so low key. I'm so behind the scenes. It's just been my job. And so, but I'm doing this because I love, you know. Yeah. And I understand people. that. Because I also like to think of myself as a background person. Um, I remember before I started doing the podcast, like I've done a plethora of other things over the time. Um, But I used to help a friend um, with her photo photography. So I would like be her little assistant or whatever. Um, And everybody's like, oh, when are you going to take pictures? I also used to be a makeup artist. And so they're like, when are you going to take professional headshots? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm behind the scenes. That's, you don't need to see me. And I think yeah. probably even with the podcast, like it's a, it's an audio thing. So it's still like, I'm not used to being in front of a camera. I'm very mm-hmm. much a behind the scenes, make shit happen. You don't even know what's going on person. And so I get what you're saying. <laughs> right. I get what you're saying. But I challenge you and I challenge myself to really start thinking like, why? Like, you can still do what you do behind the scenes, but I think you deserve, and, you know, there's people in the world that deserve to see you in all your beautiful glory. Because, I mean, you're like, oh, I just got lipstick on. Girl, you look cute. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I appreciate you. No, I'm getting used to it. I am, I am. Because I, what I believe in more than anything is my mission and mm-hmm. why I'm doing it. And I'm big on normalizing cannabis use. And so in order to do that, you have to show it. Most people that, it's funny, people that I don't even think that follow the page or looking, they're looking. They won't like it. They mm-hmm. won't engage with it because there's a stigma. Mm-hmm. But so I'm like, I got to put my face out here. So that's what I do. Yeah. So I can get the message out. And it's so awkward stepping out of your comfort zone. <laughs> like it's so awkward doing something yes. new. Um but, you know, I've seen your page and I've seen a little bit of the evolution of your page because I think I've been following you for probably, I want to say at least six months. Um, I've definitely seen your... Um, yeah. And so, like, I've seen yeah. the evolution of your page. So, you doing the thing. You doing your thing. I appreciate that. I yes. appreciate that a lot. I do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and I'm... To mention, <laughs> you are a cannabis advocate and a canna mom, right? Yes. And you also are yes. like a comedian, and like um, that, my my cousin and my best friend have said that for years. I don't. I'm just me. I am. Mm-hmm. I do find humor in a lot of things. I think it's easier to just kind of people can take it, whether in a hu- humorous way, rather than you just either. Putting your projecting your opinion on people, I rather influence. And now it's a name to influence in things. You know, we influence for years. Whatever, you, if someone thinks that you are like 
halfway, let's say cool. You growing up, somebody was popular, were cool. What are they wearing? What are they into? What are they doing? Those kids was influencing. Our parents were influencing probably years before it was a name for it. So as a cannabis advocate, I just want people to know that cannabis is not what people think. It is been classified, you know, on the same lines as opiates. And so people were like, it's a drug. Why are you taking drugs? And I'm not. So I want to show myself that I am a productive human. I'm a mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm living life. You know, I'm not what people think. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do that. And all while high as shit. I am here for that. (laughs) I say it all the time. I'm like Snoop. I smoke weed every day. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that's not, and it's, Somebody's out here, and, I, and I'm not going to just compare this to you, they're having a glass of wine every day. Mm-hmm. They're popping a pill every day. Cannabis has helped me just maintain my mental health. And mm-hmm. it's, it's yes, I get how I do do it recreationally. I, it's helped me also curve my alcohol intake. Yeah, but see, is that is that still recreational? Because, you know, there's always that that conversation between medicinal and recreational but if it's helping you do something that's helping your body, like curb al- alcohol, or even the things that you don't realize that it's doing in your body. So you're smoking and something happens that would normally make you anxious, but because you're already high, you can handle this, this whatever, because yeah. you have the frame of mind. And I, so for that reason, I understand the term recreational, but I also think it's just another way to demonize um, cannabis because at the end of the day, it's cannabis is always giving you some type of medicinal effect, even yeah, if you don't my know. Dosing. It. Huh? Yeah, my dosing, my dosing. Okay, so I'll tell you, my dosing makes me feel like it is either medicinal or recreational. So when I am maybe going through an, um, I suffer with anxiety and depression. So if if I'm having a moment where I'm like on the verge of an anxiety attack or I'm feeling anxious, if I may take a couple puffs, it's just going to settle me. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's like taking like maybe a pill or something. That's my dose. Mm-hmm. If I'm out with my homies and maybe I have, they're out and we're in the sesh, seven J's is not, it's not medicinal. <laughs> <laughs> seven J's is recreational and we're having a good time. And that was, you know, especially pre-COVID. COVID just messed up my sessions and I can't mm-hmm. stand it because I love to talk and have a good time with my friends. And that was one thing that we did do together. So that's the reason I understand what you're saying. I think that the outsiders that do not understand cannabis, mm-hmm. they definitely use it to demonize um the difference to say yeah. okay, they're just over there re- recreational mm-hmm. yeah totally and I, I agree what you're saying i think the yeah. intent behind i'm very big on intentional consumption um mm-hmm. no matter what that is like you said if it's just sitting in the smoke session with your girls just to get high your intent yeah. is important and i i think that's a good um barometer like you said am i doing this because i need to calm down my anxiety or am i doing yeah. this because i just want to smoke with my yeah. girls and like yeah. yeah but the yeah. point is that either are okay and accepted. But I do like that yeah. dis- that distinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about, well, actually, tell us about yourself. But I'm going to light up because we haven't even lit up yet. Okay, I was going to say, I'm just going to try to be courteous. Cause I'm, oh, I, no, no, I, no, I, girl. I'm thinking of twice. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. We are going to light up and then um, 
I always give a warning. I cough a lot. I'm not dying. Do not send the police. I will eventually breathe again. <laughs> you ain't my, okay, wait. I'm going to prepare myself then. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. <coughs> and it's, do, you, do you cough each time, though? <coughs> it's a mess. You know... I never really know. I assume that I'm going to cough each time just because it happens more than it doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's sometimes I look up, I roll, and then I'm lighting, I'm smoking, and I'm like, you know, mostly done with my joint. And I'm like, bitch, you ain't coughed not once. Look at you. And then, and then as soon as I say that, I start coughing. So... <clears throat> I like to say I have baby lungs, but you know, at the end of the journey, I'm still high, and that's what matters. Perfect. All right. I thought I lost you. There we go. Now I need to try to go somewhere else. All right. You want to, um, normally I do this a little bit later, but since we're here, um, you want to tell us what you're smoking today? Or oh, you smoke, because I already started, so I'm going to start this one while you light Okay. Up. Um, oh, fuck, what am I smoking? <laughs> I am smoking Maven Genetics. It's a hybrid. Um, it's called L.A. I don't know if it's L.A. Rogue or L.A. Rouge. I'm from the Bay. I have family in East Palo Alto. So, to me, it's Rogue. <laughs> but I honestly have no idea. Um, and it's pretty good. I This is actually the last of it. And I had bought this and one other one specifically for this recording and another one I did. And um, I've tried it before, like, over the last couple days. And it's really nice. It gives a nice, cool, even high. It's a really good, like, straight, middle hybrid. But um, Uh super flavorful, super smooth, which is, like, for a coffer, (laughs) very important to me. (laughs) Because, you know, don't want to burn my lungs off. Um, yeah, so I like it. Let's see how fucking high we get. (laughs) What was the name of of it again? It's called, um, L.A. It's either Rouge or Rogue. R-O-U-G-E. Um, by Maven Genetics. Um, where are you at again? D.C., right? Yeah. Well, I'm in Maryland right now. Um, and then what are you smoking over there, sis? I am smoking wizard gum by Curio. That sounds amazing. It's uh, it's it's so good right now. This is my first time trying it though. I will say that. So, I'm trying to, like it's I'm trying to taste it while I talk. Hold on. I, I'm not very good with like identifying tastes. My I think I have burned my taste buds off <laughs> at this point in life. Okay. Well, I- to learn like right now like seriously i've been trying to learn my terpenes mm-hmm. like because most people always like get the highest tac count right and they, then I, and then what right and then you learn your cannabis like all... right and you learn that highest thc count doesn't always necessarily do what you want it to do because Absolutely not. there is definitely a thing as being too high <laughs> And it's not fun. Uh-uh. So, um, 
What I love trail. that. I love that name. Is that what made you go after it? Yes. And I'm always I talk to my butt attendants. So it's he recommended it. I told him I wanted something that was I usually lit um kind of go towards sativa dominant strands or like a good hybrid that's like a 50-50. I think this is the one he said was like a 50-50 hybrid, like right down the middle. So I tried that one. Um Creo. I hope I'm saying it right. I believe I am. Is it I like love the that. Cabinet? They always C U R I O. Yeah, like the cabinet. I think that's how you spell the cabinet, right? Oh, okay. I was gonna say otherwise I've been spelling it wrong my whole life. <laughs> yes, but that's what I like. I, um, I tried that. It tastes really good. It's nice and mellow. I don't. Um, I'm smoking out of a bouquet. That's usually what I'm smoking. If I'm smoking paper, um, I love bouquet. They are local to my area. They're black owned. I love their team. I love. I'm into branding, so I love packaging that. and. I'm a nerd with that. So, like, packaging and font and colors. I'm looking at all that stuff. You yes, me like, too. Commercial. And I'm all like, this. did you see the, the font they use? <laughs> Do you see how and it's, like, again, perfectly like, centered? <laughs> Thank you. I'm just like, those colors made sense. Yes. Like, okay, I get okay. why well, you did that. <laughs> Right now. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm so, I'm very yeah. much the same way, it's, and it's I don't know. Good. Maybe it's like I've been trying to figure out like what I'm very much into. Why do people's brains work the way they work? Like not to pass judgment or anything. It's just it's always very interesting to me to like see how different people think, and um, uh-huh. and so I've always been like very much someone who breaks down commercials, someone who absolutely loves packaging. I love commercials. Yeah. Like, like I love commercials. And I'm like, is this a me thing? Like, am I weird? <laughs> but I think it's the creative in us. I think it's the creative it in us because me. our brains are worked, are, are made to put those things together. And so when we see the finished product, we're like, well, how did it get there? Oh, I love it. Because I yeah. love anything from like conception Mm-hmm. So the whole product, like ideation, like, you know, I'm getting got this idea, we're bringing it up about to executing it, and then you got this outcome. It's like, how could you not want to? Right. And when I see, I like, wanna... a really good commercial or, like, a really bad commercial, I'm like, who who approved this? Who did it? And who came Wait. up with this damn idea? Because they need to be fired. That's, I feel so seen. <laughs> I'm always like this. Oh, somebody got fired. Somebody got fired. What is this? So this have you, do you guys have Popeyes out there? I know that might sound like a stupid question, but yeah. You know. Okay. So Popeyes has a commercial and every time I see it, I get so frustrated because it says they're the, where else would you get, or what other chicken joint can you get the number two fried shrimp in the nation? And I'm like, who advertises that they're number two? Like, so who's number one? Now I have exactly. questions. And 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 why are you telling me that you're not as good? Now I need to know who number one, because that's now where I, I want to go. Why you not? Right, exactly. The, good, now I've never heard that commercial. I <laughs> have to find this. It drives me insane every time well, I see it. Me. I was like, that's the dumbest commercial I've ever seen. And it's probably not the dumbest, because there's a few one. other commercials that I'm like, ew. Just, ew. remember the, the, um, 
the Mr. Clean thingies, like for the walls and stuff. The magic eraser. Yeah, and, like, the kids are drawing on the walls and stuff. And I remember, I think it came up as a Facebook post, like, maybe a few months ago. Like, one of those old. I was like, this commercial is false advertisement. Some little black kid is going to draw on his mama's walls, and then they're going to get their ass whooped <laughs> for drawing on their mama's walls. And they're going to be like, well, you know, in the commercial, they just cleaned it off with a little scrappy thing. And then everybody was just like happy and having cookies at the end of the commercial. No. Some kid, no. I know, some kid tried that at home and got their oh, ass yes. whooped. And it is all Mr. Clean's fault. No, I hate the ones right now that I feel like I, I'm all for diversity and inclusion. It should have been going on a very long time ago. But the phoniness that is being put in it, and you just it looks like you have literally just placed somebody. That doesn't even concept. fit the the story. It just not, to, it's not natural right. to even them, the concept or anything. It's just oh, okay. I got one of those in there. Mm-hmm. No, that is not what we're looking for. And I think that's what most brands fell short when it wasn't it was thoughtful. All, no, exactly. Right. It you know, was a quota. Right. It was like, oh, we did that too. No, look. Oh, no, no. We got one of those. No, I don't want you to have one of those. I want your brand to speak to my me, like, like, like I'm, I'm saying my target audience, but myself, my culture. Mm-hmm. Like, you are also, you value my dollar, not because I am a dollar, but because you are marketing to me, you are creating a product for me, you are creating services for me, not just for one demographic, because forever, all we had to do was to see ourselves through white faces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's And now, I, what I love is to see, like, walking through Target, seeing a, a range of faces, mm-hmm. a range of bodies. Because that means every person can see themselves. Like that's the world needs that, not just right. Some of us. Yes, uh, like representation that. definitely matters. And you know what else I think is, um, I look for. I've become hyper aware, and normally I say that in a negative connotation, but I I actually don't think it's a negative for myself. Um, I've become hyper aware of what things look like in commercials, especially when they are centered around black or they have black people in them. Like, could mm-hmm. this be take, like, I'm one of those who's like, can I find another meaning in this? Because you may not have seen it, but somebody else did see it that way. If I can find it, somebody else was offended by it. And so I have a yeah. tendency to see these commercials and I'm like, hmm, interesting you use a black man there. Hmm, interesting you use a black woman there instead of, like, you know, so when I see commercials that are, like, I can tell are thoughtful about the placement of the black person uh-huh. in the commercial, there's one, it's a gas commercial, and the guy's like, you can't use the squeegee if you don't get any gas. And they're like, no squeegee, uh-huh. no gas? And he's like, what? But the guy he was talking to was white. And the guy who was, like, on the side pumping his gas was black. And I was like, if they had, hadn't had been thoughtful about having a white man tell another white man that he can't get gas if he doesn't use a squeegee, like, if they had put that black man in that space, this could have easily been called a very racist 
commercial. Commercial. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, but there's somebody in their diversity inclusion department said, no, no, no. We need to. Right. We're going to have the black man, but we're going to have him on the side. (laughs) Right. Because otherwise you give this look of racism. And I feel like that kind of thoughtful thought, even, you know, honestly, they may not even have that thought, but I feel like they did. Uh, but it means a lot to me it it worked better than than, than the the other one right I feel like you put thought into it and said no this could possibly look a certain way even that's not what our intention was and so you changed it and I appreciate that yep yeah I don't know how we got on commercials but because we are figuring out that we have these like yeah we share a brain yes we share a brain we're like me too yeah me too um so let's since we know we share a brain let's see what else we may share in our brains um tell us more about yourself what's your origin story and your relationship with cannabis I'm from the D.C., well, DMV area, that's where everybody usually calls it, which um, I grew up in D.C., I live in Maryland, and I'm a brain, I'm a brand strategist, we already figured that out, I love helping clients, you know, tell their story, I love designing, um, I'm a nerd in that regard, I'm a mom, I have an eight-year-old um, boy, Um Another day, another time, maybe another podcast, we'll talk about that journey with him because I battled with infertility and had to do, like, rounds of IVF. So that's a whole other topic. Yes. I think that would be a very powerful conversation. See, you're coming back. (laughs) We're already friends. Already. Already. (laughs) Yes. And your next episode. Yes. Actually, that is beautiful. Congratulations (laughs) to both of you. Yes. He is my miracle, like you know, any mom that you know, when you stuck when you battle infertility, it is something this is a whole I can say this confidently, there is a community around that because one, I personally feel like even if you don't want to have children, once you made the decision, I didn't like plan as a child, never was a woman that or a young girl who was like, Oh, I'm gonna have babies, I'm gonna have this. No. I definitely did it after, you know, I got into a relationship after I got married and it didn't work out the way I thought, (laughs) you know, everybody thinks that every woman can just get pregnant and every woman cannot get pregnant. And so it's a whole culture around. And like I said, I'm going to come back so we can talk about it, but it's a whole culture around people pressing women to Mm -hmm. have children and it is a mark of like success. <laughs> it's a mark. It's like a status. It's a mark and, of your your womanhood. You're a real woman now because you've had a trial. Yes. And mm-hmm. the, and some I I have an aunt never wanted children. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know have friends who cannot and they want to. So to have to be approached and talk and talk about it, it's not a very comfortable subject and it's very personal. It's more personal than, than just asking, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. So, but as far as cannabis, I've been, like I said, I, me and cannabis have been friends for a very, very long time. It mm-hmm. was just something I, it was a thing I could do with my friends from growing up from a teenager on it was a way to fellowship it was a really just 
know. I come from a flower child, so <laughs> cannabis was really easy for me, I think. Even though my parents were never open with cannabis around me, it wasn't something that my mother did in front of us. It wasn't anything that we were exposed to. I mean, it was so taboo. I think they just kept it to themselves. I have no idea whatsoever what my parents did while I was, you know, school age or in their home. Yeah. Um, what else about myself and cannabis? Uh, trying to think i don't want to go too how, far ahead but how then, old were you when um when you first smoked or um, first consumed 15 15 or 16 that, i um two friends like my then boyfriend we was right in front of my grandmother's house <laughs> <laughs> and we you know you can't you can't walk around you know right now in dc i don't know what where, where are you located at i'm in california so okay, so y'all 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 free. Yeah. <laughs> so we have high school clients. a little bit like that's now. Okay. We before we couldn't do anything. And so the thing was to smoke in your car, you know, you at somebody's house. And so we were in front of my grandmother's house in um in the car. That was my first experience. And I will say I probably was the most stereotypical high like friday high i hear my heart beat <laughs> like sitting around like can anybody notice and because i'm a teenager i didn't want anybody i didn't want my friends to be like is she all right so i was really just all in my head talking to myself like can they notice are you looking at me oh my goodness but on the outside i was just probably like chill that's hilarious and that was my first i mean i went in the house and <laughs> i grew up real thin and uh, not a, like a big, huge appetite. I came to my grandmother's house and ate everything. She was just like, <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused, <laughs> you know? And so she ain't thinking, she would never think that I was doing anything like that, especially not at that age. You know, it was different later on in life, but like she never thought about it in that sense. But, mm-hmm. um, guess she just see. said, like, I, maybe she got like a tapeworm or something. I don't know. I guess she's just hungry. <laughs>
in that time frame, I had already like um, thought about cannabis. I had been dealt with some people. People were like, you know, um, I had people who were friends that were entrepreneurs in the, in the cannabis field, but I didn't think about doing anything other than what I'm planning on doing right now in this offer since offering branding services to cannabis, but never to do melanated. Mm-hmm. But something just happened when I was, you know, I was in a dark place. I just was different. I was, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been through something where life just kind of, like, you go on a straight path from everything that you thought you knew gets, like, taken from up under you real quick. And the reality of the situation is like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I didn't, like, deal well. I had to just, like, shut up. I, like, really shut up and, like, had to, like, walk away for a minute from just, like, everything. And, like, cannabis, I had to, I've reflected recently, and I reflected when I got this invite to come on, you know, your podcast, what helped me during that time frame was cannabis. It helped me not to, like, go to the bottle. And I had previously, years ago, just... You know, every, not everybody in my family, but you know, in the you know black community and African American community, how you want to say, it, like, there's liquor store everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we use it to celebrate. We use it for sadness. We use it for happiness. It's a gift. It is always the thing that is there. It's never even hit, hidden from the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, dare you smoke a joint at the table? Mm-hmm. Dare you have you know something that looks like it could be about cannabis, but there was a plethora of liquor. And so I found myself like when, after I had, you know, went out with my friends, like I was still drinking in the house. Why? I'm not celebrating. I'm just, I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. I'm having a drink for what reason? No reason. Because I was used to, you know, I didn't know just the taste of just alcohol, I guess. I really have still, I'm still probably trying to figure that out myself. Like it, but I knew it was something that, was not healthy, you know, and people that I loved was like, you know, I mean, what's going on? Drinking a lot, yeah, what's going on? And not, I've never been a sloppy drunk. It's not like that. It was the intake. Mm -hmm. It was how much. It was the quantity. It was just like, and so I checked that for myself because I'm a big person on. Um, if you tell me something, it depends on who you are. Was that I don't, kind of how Jill said it? Like you can either you can tell me something. If you can tell me something, you can tell me something. Basically, like you got to be the person that I I have to trust you. I have to mm-hmm. know you. I have to know your intent. I got to know everything. I'm like, why are you saying this to me? Because some people will tell you something out of their own malicious intent. Mm-hmm. So the person who told me this, I believe them, and I felt like okay, they they wouldn't be coming to me saying this for no reason. So. I took it seriously and I curved my, you know, intake. And I honestly felt like if I couldn't have done it myself and I would have got help for it, but I'm a faith-based person. I'm very spiritual. So I've been just leaning on that and myself. So. Well, I congratulate you on that because everyone knows alcoholism is a very slippery slope and it doesn't take much to slip down that slope and no. um, to be able to one recognize that it wasn't healthy um, to be in the mind space, especially cause I know you said you, you suffer from depression and anxiety. So to okay. be in the, 
mind space to accept or hear when somebody else is giving you constructive criticism, when you're already depressed, and alcohol is a depressant, so you it, you know it just piles on, to be uh-huh. able to be like, you know what, this person may have a point, and they wouldn't just say this to me, you know, for no reason. So let me take some accountability. Let me take stock of what's happening, and you know, and go from there and do something about that. And you did. And I love that, one, you did that and you came out on the other side. Congratulations. Pat yourself okay, so on I, the I back. I want to be clear. Yes, yeah, so I want to be clear that this person told me just prior to me going into my depressive state, me, me having this this fall, and I recognized that what helped me not go to the bar, like not to when I was so sad at, at the time in, in July, like when I was so like at my at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Why did I not, like, go to the bottle? Why wasn't I so, like, you know, where I used to go? It was my faith and it was cannabis. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it when I was there. I was like, I had I, I had it available to me. Mm-hmm. And I was using it in a way, like, I had to, like, reflect and say, okay, wait a minute. Well, don't get me wrong. I love a good glass of Malbec. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a red, I'm a red wine. So, but I'm just saying, like it, it at that time I could have really been. It could have gone a very know, different way. It could have gone very different, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why didn't it? I had, I had already identified one thing, and just like I said, reflecting from even just your question, I was like, told my girlfriend, I was like, it was, it was cannabis mm-hmm. you know and starting melanated and listening to my community and just it was like crazy how no one knew what I was going through in the beginning of melanated and how much like just the support was like healing me mm-hmm. like all people asking questions and just finding value in what I was doing and what I was saying and them finding community within each other and the comments and people just like, even like, like you, I'm like, who wants to talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's just, but it's been a growing thing and I'm, I, I'm very appreciative. So it's just, sometimes a friend will tell you something and someone who cares about you will tell you, it may not hit you right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll hit you eventually. It'll mm-hmm. hit you when you're ready sometimes. It'll mm-hmm. hit you. And I had already been, you know, not drinking like that, you know. I definitely drink socially. I definitely have. I'm not that person like, I don't drink. I only have the plant. No, I'm not like that. I have been able to take control of my intake. And that's what's been very special to me. And cannabis has been a huge part of that for me. And there ain't, there's not one medicinal use for alcohol, so no one can tell me about my intake of cannabis. And they want you to drink bottles of plum bottles, you know, mm-hmm. of wine, of liquor, shots, and everything. I've been there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was tearing. I have gut health issues. And even from way before this, I think, I know inherited from my dad, but I'm like, I know I made it worse by just my intake. The alcohol. Girl, I started, I over, I would say over the last like maybe four or five months when I take shots, um, I would take shots of vodka with my mom or my aunt or whatever. 
Um, and I would get the worst heartburn. I've never had heartburn in my life. And I'm like, what is this life that I'm living? Because I don't like it. I don't yeah, like it at all. Yeah, because it's like, we're thinking like rubbing alcohol. Like, I, we, we've done it. Mm-hmm. We've done it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to be an advocate for something that is proven to help me by just telling my story mm-hmm. and showing people and, you know, especially moms and just women I, you gonna learn how to roll a, a, a blunt and a joint. We gonna be Jasmine. I be gonna lock in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna do some video. Just shout out to Jasmine. Like, look, do you see? Like, yes, I, I feel like it's empowering to like be able. If you do consume, I think it's very. I mean, you stuff your cones, so you you, you smoking regardless. Okay, it. Some women, and I, I didn't know so many women did not roll. I did not know that until doing the content and then having, you know, women reach out to me and like some won't say it in the comments. Most will say it, say it in the DMs because they don't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. on the forefront. They don't want I their black it. card. I, they don't want their black card revoked like so many have tried to do to me. Whoever is doing this, okay, bring them to me. You cannot, no, you can't take your black card away because there are a multitude of people, okay? All Thank races. You. Okay, because this cannabis thing is universal. Okay, that cannot. It is. Okay. A, it is a hand-eye skill, <laughs> and I don't have the best hand-eye coordination. <laughs> Normally, my hand is moving quicker than my eye. I think I don't know, but I don't have lazy eyes, so like, no. <laughs> but the way you said Georgia fellow, I think that you're not. It's the pressure and how tight you're making it. It's some some of it is technique. Well, yeah, and, and I'd be I so scared every- with my nails, and I think that's what it is. My nails make me scared that I'm gonna oh, like well, poke a hole, and so no. I try not to do well, it. You as- should be using this. You should be using your your pads, like your finger, like yeah, that. Yeah, but then you're the nails not- get in the way. They just you know they just do what they do. I'm gonna do a close up. <laughs> I am. She I'm said, "We gonna work anyway. on you, boo. We go, we gonna get this together for you." Because I, 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 I love it. Mission. I, I want a mission. I am here Every for it. We going just to practice, y'all. We all be rolling jade, right? You know? And then these are my natural nails now, so maybe that will help me. Because you said maybe it's a natural nail thing, so maybe it'll I, help look, me. That's my only look, and I may have that has no truth to it. That is, <laughs> I feel like that's why I don't feel it, you know? <laughs> and I've been, let's, how long have you even been practicing? That's the thing. Oh, I, I don't, I've been I don't do it often. For like, let's go decades, okay? No. So, yeah. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> so do it often because I have my combs. And, um, but I will say, because um, you, you brought out the bouquets, um, I need to order me some because I Lex came on the show. I love her. She is absolutely I love, I was with Lex yesterday. I pulled up on them at their day party. They were at the um, they were had a you know they had an event downtown in DC. So me and our girl we were around. So he pulled up on them and Lex was there. Yeah, she's just she a, was, a uh, bunch of joy, bunch of laughs. Yes. Yeah. And she's like yeah. the lady of bouquet. Yes. Like that's I, I love that. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to put that on on my to do list. And um, they have oh gosh, I wish I had one right here to show you. I thought I had um they have bats. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's what home. she was telling me about last time because yeah, I think the episode I did with her was the first time I ever, uh, she virtually taught me how to pack a bong. Um, and then, yeah, because it was the first time I ever, like, had my own bong and stuff. Um, and I told her I had, that was, like, when I had just discovered cones. And so okay. she told me about those ones. So I think that's probably what I'll end up ordering um, instead of ordering the the raw cones. Because, one, love supporting black businesses. Two, there you go. love supporting black women. And three, I love Lex. Yeah, Yes. There you go. Oh, yeah. look, all the things. Yes. So you're in the DMV. Um, it's been a while since Lex was on the show. So can you tell us like a kind of quick rundown of what the recreational and medicinal laws look like out there? Like, is it? No, you guys are recreational, right? So you don't need yeah. a card. No, I mean, oh, I have a card. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a medical patient. I, I have my out in Maryland. Um, I chose to get one because, like, real talk, I had been already telling my, you know, my regular general practitioner about my use of cannabis oil for my stomach when I was first vaping because I couldn't take anything else for my stomach. And he didn't know what I was talking about. He was kind of like, only do it in moderation. And he was just real scary. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I had a new doctor. She happens to be a black woman. And, um, so I can use my card in DC and Maryland. And so, I mean, there are, it, it, good. I'm sorry. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> um, are there advantages to having, like, what are the advantages to having your, med- your medical card over just being recreational out there? I mean, I can use my card out, you know, anywhere in DC or Maryland. Um, I think that, I mean, I can go in the dispensary. You have to, you have to have it to go into the dispensaries. You can't, you can't just walk into a dispensary and have your, just have your ID. Well, then how is it recreational? Where do the recreational no, people go? No, it's medicinal with I-71 compliance. So I-71 compliance allows people to be able to, um, use cannabis. You can grow. I'm going to give you all the, the details. Hold on one second. Cause I have, okay, so I have our card, and I can go to any dispensary, but there is no, like, my girlfriend who doesn't have a card, she cannot use it. She can't, there's nowhere for her to buy marijuana. I mean, so I'm going to say it like that. So you're going to put it on. Okay, so since, since you're going to put it out, I'm going to tell you how it goes, okay? Because I'm nervous a little bit. I'm so places, confused. Pop-ups. I'm sorry, you can go to certain places. Oh. But, okay, so it's like, if I go to the dispensary, I got to have my card. Mm-hmm. We have like the donations, like a gifting type of thing that goes on here under I seventy one compliance that you can sell, but you're not selling. You're not selling the actual flower. You're selling, say, I'm a buyer shirt. I'm buying that, but I'm gonna get cannabis. Does that with make the, sense? With the shirt. Yeah. Yes. As a gift. With the shirt. As a gift. That's kind of the way that they do it in DC, and that's for recreational. Because that's for, it's called I seventy one. Oh my gosh! See, this is why I can't I can't move out of California. No, because okay. Okay, so this I... is so much. 
Like, I would die. The basis of it is, like, you can possess up to, like, two, I think it's, like, two ounces or less of, like, marijuana, okay? It's, it's so weird. I'm, I'm going to send you a whole, like, like, a sheet on it so you can understand, like, what I-71 compliance is. But it's not, like, recreational, like, how I can go up in California or in, like, Vegas and anywhere and just walk in because I have my ID. No, it's not like that. In Maryland, you have to have your your card to go enter into any of the dispensaries. But you guys can do like the pop ups and mm-hmm. and people can even though that, even though it's been it's really been shady like like shaky for years for individuals. I knew people who you know worked in pop-ups and they were in that life it was i was really scary for them i mean you know even being able to take money and things you know i i'm not i I didn't work in pop-ups i don't know that like you know i was more of a consumer than a entrepreneur in that life but i definitely was aware of people you know because you want to be in a cannabis you they want to they were in they want to convert into the legal market but they are in this, like what they call like a legacy market where they have been in cannabis. They've been, you know, entrepreneurs, they've been doing all this, but they can't do it legally. They have to do it in under this like coveted of the donation system. Mm-hmm. That's just so crazy. under the guise of like right now, what I see more than ever is people using like, I guess the Delta eight. Mm-hmm. So like Delta eight is, you know, I guess they, they put now on the same line as like CBD. So it was more easier. It's easier for you to have that and go buy that. So it's a bunch of CBD stores popping up and people selling things in that vein, but not THC. That is just so insane because I mean, so you guys are technically recreational, but it doesn't sound like you're really recreational. (laughs) Like it sounds like you got to jump through 75 hoops because I mean I had my medical card when we were you know medical only but when recreational started they was like okay you got an ID go in that's that's it that's that's it (laughs) like (laughs) I don't understand how you could be recreational but just put all these like like right here, cannabis is legal for both medical use and recreational use for possession, personal use, cultivation, transportation, and gifting, and for retail sale once a regulatory system is implemented following an affirmative vote by the residents. There's no fucking, you can only. So it's if, basically decriminalizing it more than anything. Yeah, exactly. So you can get, you're not going to get stopped in the car right now in D.C. and because you're smoking weed and get taken away. No. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's like a blur and like it's a it's a blurred line. Just and another reason like, why I, I live in California. It's it's weird. It's very weird. Like and I very much understand now why you need your card. If if I lived in DC, I would absolutely have my medical card because well, jumping you through a plug. Let's be real let's let's be real. Okay, let's say this. The plug has never changed. Okay. This is true. This is true. The plug has never changed, and those who don't have it, they probably stick to their plug really, really good. If they got something, you know, special, that's just the reality of it. 
you need that's that. That's true. And, but, you know, I always think about that, like, because I'm in California and we've been legal for so long, um, and like I said, even before that, I had my medical card, I remember the days of the plug, obviously, because that was still, like, most of my life. But I just cannot even imagine having to go through all that again and, like, not Uh being able to just get up and go to the club and be like, I want A, B, and C, and then walk out the door. Like, I can't even imagine. And I 100% realize I'm speaking from a place of Californian privilege here (laughs) because I cannot (laughs) even begin to... Like, if I had to be like, yo, you got weed? No, you ain't got nothing. You got weed? No, you ain't. I never want to go through that again, (laughs) ever, in my life. Yep. And, I mean, that's a life. And that's, like I said, you know, plug, pop up. That's mm -mm. hard. Have your card. Yes, you have know. your card. Have, have your card. Have your card. Everyone go get your card because that's the, that's a lot of hoops. It's a lot of hoops. Yep. To and people are pushing that, you know, everywhere, especially I see that in, in the community as well. You know, not just in, you know, cannabis, but like in, you know, people of color, like go get, if you can, if they're, if you're in a city or, you know, in a state that will allow it, go. <laughs> yep. Just go, I mean, because the process really <laughs> is not that hard, you know, I mean, more or less just finding a doctor that is um that knows sorry you know no you're good um about cannabis and can help guide you through it and just knows like the paperwork and things like that i know the individual that doctor i used she was very knowledgeable and she listened to everything i had and she was was official like she gave me a whole report just like my other doctor would you want somebody like that having that legitimized it being a plant medicine Mm -hmm. you know so but Yep, because plug pop up. I plug pop up a card. Yeah, that's that's a life to live. That is one life to live. <laughs> I really do think that is the one that Opal was on. Was one life to live. I'm gonna have, now. I'm not to ask my mom after we record yeah. this. I have to, look, I'm gonna remember that now. <laughs> I, I've never watched soap opera, so I have to, no clue. I am a child of the soap opera era, watching it with your mom, your granny, your aunties, all that. I mean, I watched it. I don't know what's going on. I never knew what I like. You know, I'm in. I was the at storylines are so like you cannot beat the storylines in soap operas. They're so insane. They're so involved. There's always something happening. Right, because it's literally a show that comes on every day, five days a week for years we're talking 60 plus years sometimes like can you imagine how many twists and turns that story takes people growing up dying Mm -hmm. getting married coming back from the dead like oh you you know i don't know how many times they didn't kill victor (laughs) i don't know how many look one lady just diane just came back she didn't she been dead people didn't went to jail for her murder like 16 years ago (laughs) and now all of a sudden she's like no i'm like I've been here. <laughs> oh gosh, no. Okay. Yeah, but you know, I I love Young and the Restless, um, and I DVR it, and so I'll let it like build up to like sixty episodes or something. There's been times where I've had like over a hundred episodes of Young and the Restless on my DVR, and then I just fast forward through the boring parts, 
Or, like, I'll read the synopsis, and I'm like, eh, don't want to watch that episode, delete it. And so you kind of just, like, get to the gist, and you watch the parts that you really want to watch. I mean, it's, like, it's just moving along anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they're just talking now. We can fast forward through this. Okay. We we get the gist. You guys hate each other. Oh, no, no. She's going to steal your husband. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I see it coming. Okay, wait a minute. So you're still watching them? Oh, yeah. I still watch Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. My my favorite when I was younger was Passions, um, but that got canceled a very long time ago. And then um, I used to watch Days of Our Lives, but I stopped watching that. And then Young and the Restless. Um, and my mom watches General Hospital, and she watched all the other ones. But Young and the Restless, the storylines be crazy. Gotcha. Yeah. It's very entertaining. I always say I'd rather the drama in my TV or my books than my life. So I'm here for it. Um, my goodness, we haven't even, we've just been talking. Um, I always like to do a quick temp check. And I think you, you, you told us a little bit how you're feeling, but how are you, how's your mental health doing? How are you feeling this Monday morning? Is it Monday? What day is it? Yes, Monday. <laughs> It is Monday. Um, I feel good. I feel optimistic. Um, last week was rough. It's just a lot going on in the world. There's a lot was going on just personally, but right now, and it could just be our conversation right now, but <laughs> I'm good. I am. I yeah. am. That is beautiful to hear. Um, I think that being good and black and high are wonderful things so you you got the trifecta yeah you got the trifecta um i think we can get into our high blessings um now because we know we skipped around a bit but i think we've already done talk about what we're smoking and you told us about your first time smoking which is very reminiscent of Friday, Ice Cube and Friday. (laughs) But that's not a bad bad first experience to have, though. No. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into our high blessings. You want to go ahead and do your high blessing first? Yeah, sure. So I I have wear it on my wrist, and it's uh, Awaken to Your Worth. So it is something that I say to myself, like, often – um, my pastor actually, he's the one who, <coughs> excuse me, initially said something about it and he was sharing it in a sermon and then directly to me. And it really just made me think about, I have an issue with myself. I'm like the world puts like this new name, it's called imposter syndrome, but I just didn't fit in. I felt like in just certain spaces that I was like excelling in. I was doing the work in certain arenas and just I was not feeling like or seeing what others may have saw in in me. And him saying that and the way he said it, it just did something to me. It's like if you don't wake up to yourself and you know your own personal worth, what are you asking of the world? Mm -hmm. What are you asking of them? So every day I just try to just like, wake up but also just awaken to my worth every day more just hitting my goals walking in my purpose and just polishing me more and more every day that's kind of what that means to me i love that 
I think worth is something that um, we a lot of people struggle with, especially um, as black women, um, because I feel like we're told we're not worthy all the time. And like, here's a list of why you're supposedly not worthy. So I think reminding yourself that, hey, then people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. that's exactly how it come out yes yeah yeah i think that is is very beautiful and um you said you wear it on your wrist so i hope that you continue to wear it on your wrist and you can continue to know your worth appreciate that yeah what's yours um so i have an app on my phone um and it's called I am and it just gives me different affirmations throughout the day like on uh-huh. a set schedule and I actually really really love this app because I think I have it set for like four or five times throughout the day and they always seem to come right when I need it even though I don't need know I need it and always seems to be some way relevant to whatever is on my mind at that moment and so it's really nice to have those constant reminders. So I suggest anybody who doesn't have this app, go get it. I am in no way connected with them. This is my honest opinion. What's it called again? You said I am? Yeah, I space A-M. And okay. it was like, I think it was like a three-day free trial and then like 20 bucks for the year. So mm-hmm. it's like super affordable. Um, and then you can set up, you know, whatever the affirmations you want how often you want them to come in, and it's like just automates the process. And it's just really, I love it very, very, very much. Again, I'm not sponsored by them in any way, shape, or form. This is just, I love this app. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to read one of those. Um, the The main one that came through the other day is, I choose faith over fear and peace over perfection. Um. And I think those two really, <laughs> those two things, uh, faith over fear and peace over per- perfection are like the things that I've been trying to figure out this year. Like I, I started this year saying we're going to do the work. We're going to be intentional about um, learning to love myself and learning to do the things that make me happy. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, that comes with a lot of fear and that, and I am also a, a perfectionist, a true definition of a perfectionist. And so that tends to cause a lot of turmoil for me um, internally. And so that for me was like a culmination of what I've been trying to do for the last six months. So it really kind of just hit me. Um, and I think it's good to have the reminder, like, Yes, you, you're going to be afraid because <laughs> I am always afraid. Um, but I have faith that I will reach my destination. I have faith that I am, uh, this is my purpose and that I am meant to meet my purpose and fulfill my purpose. And so that is always going to be stronger or needs to always be stronger than, than my fear. And, you know, nothing's perfect as much as I want it to be. <laughs> No, don't say that, that word. Yeah. Perfection is hard to do. Perfection is hard to keep. Perfection is hard to even, but it's like, mm-mm. 
that's what just saying yourself. Right, and then like, and also, what is the definition of perfection? Like, who makes that definition? Right, like who defines what it, what it is? Because what perfection could be for me could be something different for somebody else. So, am I trying to read my level of perfection or somebody else's level of perfection? Which is like a whole. Only nother. you can define your perfection. Right, That's which no is like no one a else whole nother turmoil inducing anxiety inducing where the fuck is my joint inducing spiral (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah and so that's why that that affirmation is so it was very much right on time um but yeah, I definitely recommend the app because you see, I got stuck there for a minute reading the other ones that I had saved. Like, I get so involved in in the affirmations because they really, um, they really hit sometimes. They really yeah, hit but sometimes. that's that's a great one. I mean, faith, like over was it fear? Faith over fear and peace, oh, peace over oh. protection, uh, perfection. Perfect. Yeah, right. Love it. So that felt really good. I like it. Huh? Got a lot of levels to that. I mean, peace over perfection. Like that can be used in a multitude of ways. Mm -hmm. We're always trying to perfect something. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, when you're trying to perfect something, you are driving yourself batshit crazy. I know. I do it all the time. Um, well, I do it less now than I did before because we are making progress. I have a shirt too. Okay, I was gonna say that's good now. Okay, yeah, I have a shirt too um, that says "Progress over Perfection." So, yeah, like that. Yes, 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 yes. So that felt good. Are you feeling affirmed? Are you feeling like yes, life is I good. I do. Mm-hmm. Even like, I mean, yours spoke to me though. I like that, that peace over perfection. Don't you just love when you like, it's something like you didn't even realize. Like, it's just one of those like, huh. And you start thinking about all these things that it relates to. And all those times that you're like, see, I could put this into use here. I could put this. I think those are the moments where it's like, where you really have to listen to what's going on in inside of you yeah. because something is speaking to you. That's why I'm sitting here like this because I'm mm-hmm. just like even though that even also that part about like faith over fear. I've been I saw this video and this young boy was talking. I've been telling all my friends about it, and he was like, he had to learn how to put his fears on a list, just like you do a to do list. And so it's like I'm scared of this, but I need to do it. I need to walk through it. I need to conquer it rather than avoid it because every time i avoid it it keeps coming up Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. and so for him at the time he was sitting there and he's public speaking it was a hard thing like me being here this is just you and i but it's not comfortable because it's not my norm but it when you need you're on a greater platform like purpose and you're trying to push and I can feel like you probably you have goals that you're trying to hit you mm-hmm. are trying to put yourself in a new like a new like on, on to the next level into elevate and you're like okay how am I going to do that you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and you're feeling uncomfortable probably because you're growing mm-hmm. <laughs> growth is That's very uncomfortable 
yeah, that's probably what you're feeling right now. Yeah. A lot of like uncomfortableness because it's like, okay, I wasn't, it's not what you were, like what you were familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Growth, it, it's very uncomfortable, but also even more necessary. And so, and I think that's the part, like, I think we stop at the, it's uncomfortable and just kind of sit in that and you have to move on to the, but it's very necessary. <laughs> like it's, it, you have to do it. Otherwise you're going to continue to sit in the uncomfortable. So, I mean, it's, if your why is not strong enough, you will. So like, the reason why you want to make a difference, if it's not stronger than why it's comfortable to sit in what's familiar and what's easy, you'll continue to sit in it. Mm-hmm. Yep, until you get sick of it. So, and then, and then what happens? And then you climb the mountain. I don't know, because like saying when you get sick of it, sometimes getting sick of it doesn't mean that you deal with it. Like, so you have to, like, it's it's until you are ready to identify with it, until you're ready to, like, you know, like I was just saying, like, meet it head on. And I would hope, We'll add that in there. I would hope that once you get sick of it, then you are trying to climb the mountain. That's the end goal. Like to not not to to get to the top of the mountain all the time because sometimes the end goal is gonna be getting to the middle. Like that's actually where you were supposed to be, right? You know? But I think the 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 end goal for me is the ability to try to pull myself out and the um, tenacity to keep going. Like I said, instead of just sitting in that. But like you said, you, you do have to, because you, you can get sick of it and still do nothing. Like that, like mm-hmm. there's plenty of people who do that. So I yep. would hope that you get sick of it and you do something. <laughs> Anything. There we go. Yes. Yes. But to your question, I feel affirmed. <laughs> is that where this started? <laughs> is that how is that how we got here? Yes, I didn't even remember. Yeah, that's how we got here. I'm gonna keep look, look, look I'm gonna took us back. I, I, I get um very distracted very easily. It's like one of those like, ooh. Fish. No. Is that what movie is that? Squirrel. That's what it is. Fish. What <laughs> movie is that? Um, is it Up? Have you seen? Oh it? yes. Okay. With, with the balloons. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dog, yeah. like he's like super, like gets distracted super easy. He's talking, talking to the squirrel. <laughs> That's yeah. me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, so yes. <laughs> I'm going to take another hit and then we're going to get into this blunt talk because believe it or not, we have not, where did my ladder go? Oh, I'm like, I literally have not moved. (laughs) But it did. Right. It ran away from me. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about being a can of mom and like what that means what that looks like you know and how your brand is working to like you said destigmatize cannabis for everyone but i know that you focus a lot on the can of mom 
Um, so can you, t you told us about your relationship with cannabis, like overall, but can you elaborate on that relationship and how it interacts with, or how it relates to you being a mom? Mm -hmm. Um, we touched on earlier about how cannabis aids me in my mental health. Uh, I believe that if I'm not a whole person, I can't be a whole mom. I can't show up the way that I need to for my son if Opal is not together, if Opal is not well. Too many times they try to tell mothers to, you know, pull all things into their families and forget themselves. And these moms are losing themselves, losing their identities. And I just wanted to show a difference. I think that's why that's kind of the baseline of melanated. It's that just a lot of moms in the community, I'm just going to say in hemp and in cannabis are also white. Um, white and Latin, I kind of see a little bit of both, uh, but not a lot of black can moms. Mm -hmm. So it was important to me to, with cannabis, to show that just being a just black woman mm -hmm. in the community and to say that I, I have children, I you know, I said use cannabis every day. And I also wanted to like really focus on the fact that while they tell moms all the time to pop pills and drink alcohol, wine moms, champagne moms, all these moms, I was like, what is wrong with being a cannabis mom? We had this big stigma. It makes it look like because I am a black woman and I'm in cannabis that I'm just a drug mom. When on the other side, she's looked at, at like an herbalist. Mm -hmm. She's looked at like it's a very holistic thing to do for the family. So I never really, and I'm, I, don't, I don't think of all black mom, like, you know, black mothers in cannabis, but I use cannabis already. I did not put it out there because of the stigma that is around just black women in general about certain things. So you couple in now they I, I'm smoking weed, which they feel like they won't think about as cannabis. It's like she smokes weed, you know, she mm -hmm. does drugs. Mm -hmm. That stigma, I didn't, I wanted it to just look different. That's why I bring the humor to it. That's why I bring, you know, the humor and the knowledge. I'm going to bring more education as far as like, you know, about cannabis to the forefront in, you know, the coming, you know, months. But society wants moms to be something that we have evolved into something totally different. I'm not my mother. My mother is not the mother that she was. Times are different. I don't have to, you know, be in the kitchen cooking, not following my dreams, not acting like I am a human being. So the thought that no one, like moms couldn't smoke and no one, like you can't, honestly, they don't want you drinking. They don't want you wearing certain clothes. They don't want you to like, you know, balance between your dreams and your family. They want you. It was all these things that moms had to do. And I was like, you know, you trying to tell me I got to like cook, clean, take care of the house, 
be sexy for my husband, keep myself in shape, look, all these things, and I can't have a joint. <laughs> but like, I that deserve this at this point. That doesn't make sense. It, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. So, hearing just other women say that they one that they did consume or and some were you know very private that's why i said the dms and i don't i love the dms so i don't want them to stop like they had to talk in private because there's a stigma about them consuming mm-hmm. but if they said that they were having mimosas or they were you know doing shots no one would say anything, anything. certain people i'll say but they wouldn't say anything mm-hmm. but you can't sit in a circle and pass, you know, like, well, you know, COVID anyway, but have a sesh. <laughs> but you can sit there and pass the, you know, have several bottles. Mm-hmm. So I, I see it more, the normalization of just consumption. And I want to be that for women, but also moms to say, you don't, you can have a glass of wine if you want to. That's your choice. But if, honey, if you want to roll up, and that is your end of day, if you want to pack your your bong, if you, or your bowl, or you want to do a dab, honey, you want to make all you make the kids cookies and make your cookies, okay? <laughs> Whatever you want to do, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading something and. It was just talking about like liver health, like all like these young people, like we're like consuming at these parties. You said that you drink all day, drink all day, 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 all day. That's going to do something to you over time. Your body. They don't talk about that. All they want want you to do is come and party, turn up, you know, buy bottles. I've never done anything off of too much trees but fall asleep or eat something mm-hmm. right or go lay, right fall asleep i was gonna say go lay down and try to yeah, stop i mean <laughs> or it sparks my creativity in a way like i'm just like that's something again back to your question being a can of mom that's why it's important to me to represent that there is there are women and also men because like i'm big on can of parents you know because there are a lot of can of, can of parents out here moms and dads that you know the kid goes to sleep that's their like their time mm-hmm. so just the use i want to just want to show the like the can of consumption is it, it it is for moms in all forms you don't have to it's we we are beyond just uh you know joyce and blunts we're beyond just weed brownies so you got options now. There's so many options, you know, with <laughs> options. options. So I think that it's I wanna show that. I think that more moms need to know it's okay. And it needs to be given some language. Some people don't have good friends. And I'm not saying that bad way, I'm saying like <laughs> somebody to say to them like, Who cares? You need <laughs> like to give them some verbiage to say, Yes, mm-hmm. It's my medicine. It's my plant. It's I do what I want. You know what I'm saying? You keep my bottle, you know? I ain't going to knock your bottle. You don't knock my joint. Like, that's how it is. I ain't going to just get, give them something to mm-hmm. say, yep, that's what Opal said. Yep. I tell people that's- all the time, they're like, oh, do you drink? I do, but I'd rather smoke. <laughs> so, 
And that tends to pretty much work for me. Like, well, then they get the, oh, smoke what? Weed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go from there. But I agree because it should be something as normal as I want a shot. I want a bottle of wine or a bottle of alcohol. I want to go grab a blunt. I want to go hit my pen. I want to do this or that. Whatever. I want a brownie. Which, I mean, even better, it's a brownie. So, duh. I mean, without the side eye. And I think yeah. that's well, or the like, okay. I mean, I, I'm around a lot of consumers or former consumers too. So, they don't have a problem. I don't have to deal with that too heavy, at, if at all. It's more the, you know, because I put myself out there on the page, you know, just the comments at times about being a mom and consuming period. So what is, what are those, um, what are those comments about? Cause I'm very interested to know what are people really that bold to like come. Actually, I shouldn't be surprised. I, I really shouldn't be that surprised, but to come to your page that is like marketed as a can of mom page what did you think you were going to get here? <laughs> like, I don't... Did you think you were going to get ice cream and cookies? Like, I wouldn't... I don't understand. I think most... I think it's just a, a thing where because you're a mom, it's more people like, but you're a mother. You know, why would you do that? You know? Okay. Do I smoke around... And, and then do I smoke around my, my child? No, I don't. I, no, I don't do any type of consumption. And I, one of my questions was um, going to be, what was the conversation you had with your child about cannabis? But then I found out he was eight. <laughs> so I'm assuming. So he does. So what he does know, and I and I learned from other cannabis moms because I didn't even know how to like kind of come up come with the subject. And so I, I'm just it's age appropriate for him right now. Right now, what he knows is that it's not mommy's plant medicine. He literally, he literally calls it cannabis. That's all he knows. That's all he knows is that it's, you know, mommy's medicine. I was, like, freaked out, like, recently because uh, he saw my video. But he just was like, okay. <laughs> he's fine. just, my, uh, he's uh, well beyond his years, yeah. my son. So I think that most, par- most parents, I am... It's based on your child. And I knew that I I had to because of the way in which I want to approach this. Like, it's not good. It's not a hobby. It's not something I'm just going to do really quickly. I want to be a voice for this. And so I'm going to have to talk to him and he's going to learn more and more. I'll probably do some through books as well because he's a reader and just go from there but he knows at least that right now he knows that it's my that mommy takes plant medicine he knows that it's called cannabis I was gonna say do you have any advice for canna moms out there because I know you said that you you talk to other canna moms about how to approach the subject especially in terms of like what is age appropriate I'm assuming Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for mothers out there who are reaching that age appropriate age um, 
to either one, how, like how maybe to handle it or maybe where they can go for resources? I, one age appropriate, I think is going to be based on your child and age is one thing. I think that maturity and understanding of maybe this the subject and how, you know, just being able to talk about it. Some kids, you know, might have to wait till they're a little older. But I do know of two books. Um, there's one by Ashley of Cannabis Nursing Solutions. Um, that's her handle on IG, Cannabis Nursing Solutions. Uh, she wrote a book with her daughter, I believe it's called Aces Medicine. And that teaches, you know, about, you know, cannabis and helps, you know, that's a way I, I was, I'm a reader, my, my son reads, I think that's easier to just kind of get in a child's language. Sometimes we think we can talk to kids and we're breaking it down, but they don't know what we talk they about. Need visual, what we talk, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so uh, a children's book, you know, kind of is a way to just kind of visually show it with the with the language to kind of then kind of have the guided conversation um there's another page uh run by a can of mom named nydia that has a uh, called got terpenes there's a got dot terpenes and her and her son they run that page and it teaches on you know terpenes and so i think if we also teach kids from a plant perspective what cannabis is it gives them a knowledge of it separate from what society has tried to push and to make it a drug and so they they get into school and now their teacher is saying x y and z because this is the way the laws are written this is the way history was written they will have their own you know knowledge of the situation because they go like it's just a plant Right, because you've already prepared them for that for that battle. I love that. That's what I hope for my son. You know, is to keep it on that side. Is that I can teach him just it's just a plan. So that's right now. That's all I say that it is, and we're gonna just evolve from the end. Um, did your do you know what your parents' relationship? Or I think you said earlier that your mom, uh, consumed, but you guys never knew about it. If she did, I would never have known it in my, any of my life, like not at all. Yeah. My parents were very much just workhorses and, um. So even now you're not sure if she's ever consumed? Yeah, no. Do you think, um, like when you were growing up, was it something that, um, was. I completely forgot my words. (laughs) What? That it would have impacted me if I knew? Um, No. When you were growing up in your house, was it like something that was demonized? Like, were you a product of... I'm a product of the D.A.R.E. era. So, I was in elementary and middle school when D.A.R.E. was like shoved down our throats. Look, the cracked egg and... Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I... Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, same. Yeah, and so uh, I'm gonna say no, because one, what was in my house and others was alcohol, so they just were, you know, I guess more free 
in the sense of one, I mean, I know now they probably did. Um, I never saw it in my home. I saw it in others, mm-hmm. in my family. So I knew, you know, roach clips and, mm-hmm. you know, little remnants and top papers and things like that. So I know that now was uh, cannabis at the time. It was never even spoken about. What they did more in front of us was drink. Yeah, because that was socially acceptable. That's socially acceptable, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm sure they, you know, amongst other things they did in private, away from the children, even though it was okay if they had their beer, their glass, or whatever in their hand, that was okay. And modeling is really big for kids. You know, you see your, you see your parent, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you want your glass, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, that's almost a, it is like a sense of status. Everybody's like, get the 21, get a drink. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, it's, I want to, because like you said, especially something like what medicinal properties does a bottle of alcohol have? None. It actually hurts you, harms you. <laughs> so. Our families, it's harmed so much. It's mm-hmm. not just about the body. It's about how it impacts you in a multitude of ways. And it definitely has hurt people mm-hmm. hurt families stolen time because it rather than I'd like my plant once we get done I'm about to get to so much work I gotta get done mm-hmm. you know I feel chill if I was sitting here and we were drinking the entire time I'm going to sleep right <laughs> right I'm out of it. I'm sluggish. I don't. So it, it helps you that like okay. I, when I think kept... we need to change. That's the biggest thing. We just need to change in the way that we think about celebrating the way we think about, you know, fellowship and with each other. I would absolutely be down for it. But I mean, also most of my family smokes, like I would say 90% of my family smokes. So yes. We, until, I would say, that's a more recent thing also, like, smoking with the family. I, I would say, you know, since it went recreational or whatever. Um, I've been smoking with my mom since I was 18. But, um, like, extended family. And mm-hmm. it is. It's I enjoy that camaraderie, that experience more than I enjoy the experience of family reunion and everybody's drunk. Like fights break out like people end up on the ground like things happen like it's just crazy but you know when we're all high we just be like right and like and if we don't like you all right fuck you i'm gonna go over here and eat some food and that's it that's the end of it there's no there's no it don't get crazy and you know um because nine times out of ten, like, especially with family, when you get to an argument, it be the disrespect during the argument that makes things blow up. Whereas if you could take a moment and be calm and, like, you still may not agree, but, you know, maybe we don't punch each other in the face. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So I fully, fully agree with a movement to replace the the bar at the family reunion with 
like a cannabis bar. I think that's, you don't have to get yes. rid of all alcohol, like maybe just in moderation here. <laughs> that, that's, I mean, all of it. I mean, even cannabis, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta have, you gotta do it in moderation. Yeah. You definitely can't, you can't say that every day you don't need seven J's. <laughs> no, but that's a I personal, I mean, because you know, I, I'm not gonna speak with somebody consumption either. So somebody might feel like they need seven J's, you know, but. I'd be ready. There have been days where I've probably not paying attention smoked that much. And uh it doesn't ever work out well for me. Like it 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 it, it doesn't there's a point where things start going downhill. <laughs> and so, um, like you said, yeah, if you can consume that much and still be whoever you want. Right, whoever you want to be in that moment, absolutely here for it. I personally do not have those powers. So, <laughs> and I smoke all day, every day. So, um, I tell people yeah, all the time, I'm, like, I'm a tapper. Yeah. I'm a, that's me. Like, I'm a, I'm a, like, tap, 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 come back. Tap, tap. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm done. I'm like, so I'm just, yeah, just the pain for what I'm getting. 90... I did my bong the other day. I did. Mine is broken I... or something. Well, it doesn't look like it's broken, but every time I put water in it, I'll put like a paper towel underneath. And then Just like, thir- yeah, 30 minutes later, the towel's all wet. So there's definitely a crack in there somewhere. But, and you know, a bong hit is so much stronger to me than like... A joint or a blunt. I mean, you should get not how tall is yours? It's not that big. It's yeah, mine is like a yeah. Yeah, like it's a, not that big. I get it, but it's like a table, so it's a good. But that the neck on it is kind of long, so you gotta think about you getting all that smoke, and that that's why. Man, all I know one. is that I hit that and I'd be like. Even on sativa, I I hit a sativa and a joint, and I'm like, good. Like, I'll go work, you know, get hella shit done, you know, go for a walk or whatever. In a bong, I hit sativa, and I still want to go lay down. Because <laughs> like, that bong, it feels like a, it's always a head high. No matter what the strain like a is, punch me, in the it face. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a punch in the face. And you know, I have no problem with that sometimes, but... Again, I'm very intentional about my consumption. So, you know, when I want to punch in the face, I know where to go. I there just don't go. want that very often. <laughs> but when you do, you know where yes. to go, though. Yes, yes, yes. So do you prefer to smoke out of, like, bongs, pipes, or do you prefer the papers and joints and stuff? It's probably a paper or a leaf. Yeah. Like, um, the, if it's, like I said, the bouquet, or I'll do a natural leaf. I think we've seen like a, a big frontal leaf. Mm-hmm. So I've used I use that. I like that at times. And that I, mean, I don't know why it's weird because like it's something about they're different hits, of course, because of the leaf and the paper. And I had just been on the leaf for a second, but my preference is just paper. Even if I put a little, they call it grabber, they call it all this stuff, whatever yeah. it is. So it's just like dry leaf, shred it. Yeah. 
So you mix it in with your like flour. I've done that in paper. If I wanted something a little stronger. I um I those leaf thingies be looking so intimidating. Like what? I can't even roll a joint or a blunt. Them things look well, like so, so delicate. No, they look so delicate and soft, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna break it. I don't even want to try." No, they're actually probably way more durable than you think. Because you gotta think, you gotta you, you. It's not gonna. But you feel better with doing paper, like the thinness of like how this. Oh, like that. I don't know. Now that you're saying it does sound less logical, but it when I'm doing it, it feels. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, so look, look, he knows. I'm always coming to the fence, too. Look, I don't know which way you roll, but with a leaf, it's going to not like be all like pliable sometimes. You got to know how to hold it when you're rolling, and it'll start to like bend and fold and See? do all these weird things. See? So maybe that's what you're talking about, is yeah. that just being able to control it. Yes. But you got to just create a little baby. A little bed. All your trees should be on one side in your baby bed. Yeah, and then I try and roll you, it. I, I can tell you, I'm on a mission. That, look, you're going to be rolling. Wait, what, what, what was that? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you see where the problems are? Like, already we're starting. Like, no, I, I, I just see where we need to begin. <laughs> because what I, I <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Not the right motion? No? It's not it? No, I think everybody thinks you guys, like, you kind of will. Some people do roll like that. Just like a quick little, like. Yeah. Roll. Well, because, you but. know, I I have a joint roller, and that's before I found cones. That's what I used was the joint roller. And so that, you do, you just go like this. You do. Yeah. And so like maybe, a big log. Yeah, maybe that's what's causing me problems is I'm trying to roll it like I do a joint roller. Yeah, and I think so. Like sometimes I have, like I had one of those, and it's just not. It doesn't allow the tree to breathe to me because it's just packing it so tight. Yeah, even though that's tight. The, that's the perfect because you want it to kind of form into like a little bit of like a weed log inside, <laughs> so you can roll it, but not as tight as they they do it. Yeah, and you can't control how fat it is. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta know how to. <laughs> We're on this mission together now, Jasmine. Like we're gonna, you're, you're gonna be that is rolling so before you know funny. it. You cracked me <laughs> up. What was that? <laughs> I know it was so bad. And then it was funny because like I seen it in the little box up here, and I was like, that looks even worse when I watch myself do it. And then right <laughs> after I thought that, you were like, what was that? <laughs> Oh, that's great. No, I love this and I appreciate the help. We're going to, I'm telling you, my guests are going to have me as a professional roller, like in no time because everybody is like, no, 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 no. We're going to get this shit together. Lex and I are going to team up. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, 
So, um, because you know, tell us about first. Tell us about Melanated Smoke. Like, what's Melanated Smoke's um origin story? Do you remember when everybody was doing the like bust it challenge? Mm-hmm. That little challenge was I was I remember I was at my girlfriend's house. It was a long night, girl. It was one of them just. I had never really done anything, no reels, no, like, you know, n- nothing like this on um, the internet. And I was like, I'm going to try this. And I'm sure you know, being a creative in branding, I thought of the name. It was already, like, I used to do my colors and my logo. I was just like, this is what I'm going to do real quick. I was like, I don't know why I'm into just, but did the video it got like a little response and then I just started to like, you know, kind of just show myself consuming mm-hmm. to like music. It was, you know, I did the bong, I had, you know, did a joint, I just and just talking about kind of being a mom and just being me. I had didn't know yet. Melanated, I can all honestly say, came from the supporters that started to follow me. Like the women and the men, um, the mothers that were, you know, commenting and telling me what they wanted to see, telling me what they liked, you know, telling me their needs. Um, a year later, a little over a year later, I can say that Melanated Smoke is what I'm building it to be, is a place where I'm going to showcase the normalization of cannabis consumption while also showcasing women of women and men of color that are in that have different brands, different thought leaders in the industry. Like when I Google, you know, cannabis entrepreneurs, it's weird to me. I know a whole bunch. You can see them on Instagram. You can see them when you go places, but there's where is anyone writing about them? Yeah. Yeah, and then when you do see certain things, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anyone, but the same individuals or same community is getting recycled, and so I really am want to position Melanated in a space where I can, you know, write. I can be a resource to showcase these brands, like to say, you know, do you know about bouquet? Do you know where to get like, you know, whether no matter what you need, whether you need to get a piece of like those the pipes because they because you can't roll. <laughs> I see all the girls. They got the prettiest crystals. They got the prettiest like bowls, and yes. I follow this one. She has the best stuff. I need to get some for her. Blow blow my fancy. She got. I mean. Women like laying back, girl. She got them as the smoke pipe. You can like. Oh really? Your, yes, it's like a lady. Uh, like looks like she's laid back. I think you put your tree, like either in her face, but then you could like smoke out of her. Yeah. Look, <laughs> 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 like, I was like, let me censor it for you. You can smoke out of her uh, vagina, her cooch, yeah, any of, of those vagina. Mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. Well, not areas. It's just one area, but any of those names. <laughs> any of those things. Yeah. But uh, 
that's my goal right now. So I, I love doing the content. I love making the reels. But I am developing Melanated Smoke to just be able to show all these amazing people that I've seen in this last, like, year. Like, there are a lot of, like, influencers. There are brands. There are people that are in policy. Nobody really knows about them. They don't know about, like, who they are. And, you know, it's not enough, you know, so there are people out here who are writing about them, but that's where I see Melanated going on one side. And then on the content side, I'm going to do a bunch of rolling content. I, I like I don't know if you know, I won the, the cannabis, uh, National Cannabis Championship for Bouquet this year at National Cannabis Fest in D.C. Oh, wow. So I entered, it was the high rollers competition. So we went against um, I think it was like three to four rounds and you had to go up there and went against men and women. Um, crazy enough to when women were the finalists <laughs> myself and another dope woman, her IG name is strawberry Duchess. Mm-hmm. Um, she does these dope, like creative, like, like joints. Like she did like a flower bouquet, like seven J's tipped, like wrapped around. So then the first, and one, so the, the way the rounds go, I'll just say real quick, like it was you roll against, like I rolled against two guys and you had to do a half gram and a whole gram in a timed. And then they were judges and they were uh, judging on three, um, it was scale. So it had to meet the size uh sexiness so it looked right it looked good and then it had smokeability so it had to hit so we went through the round and then we were all three so with myself her and this guy in the finals and she wrote that freaking monster you know beautiful creative like that that joint was beautiful and i did an aristocrat a three grams aristocrat which is just a i was gonna say what the heck is that a, so like aristocrat is only hard to do because it's skinny and long mm-hmm. but and so I, I did that all together and it smoked like it kept lit that's what really got me yeah that it rolled well it was beautifully rolled well it was just like right at like three grams three it was grams. Had good size Three grams had good size to it, and so it, it stayed like lit. Three it stayed lit. grams straight. Three grams. I put yes, yeah, so I put two of these together, so two of the kings. And then what was it called? An aristocrat. That is crazy. I didn't even know there was names for these things. That's all this like cannabis terminology for things. So like, I guess the size of like that. That is great. And my goodness. <laughs> like I don't eye. know how But yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. That actually sounds like something I would love to watch. <laughs> Cause... Yeah, I, I do have some, a little, some content. But the Rolling Fouquet had some, we, we do have some pictures up, not pictures, some video from the competition up. 
Oh no, I mean like next Life was there. Next mm-hmm. year maybe I'll have to go out to DC. Yeah. Like so I will say that, that was my first time going to the National Cannabis Festival. You know, of course because COVID, it wasn't it wasn't the year before that. And then the last year I didn't go and it was, I heard it was extremely high. Like everybody was melting out there. Mm-mm. But um I went this year and I had an amazing time. You know, not just doing the competition, but also um, just like walking around because there's so many like vendors, say, exploring so and meeting people and all that. Yeah. yeah, and then they have like the live stage where so much music. You know, I would say like bring like a lawn chair so that you can sit out there. That's the only thing I know I would do differently. I would bring a chair for mm-hmm. next year so that I could like stay longer and like really chill. Yeah, but it was it was dope. It sounds like so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the more spaces that we can create for um, black women smokers, canna moms, canna parents, canna dads, all that, mm-hmm. um, the better. And I think yeah. the more that we normalize it and we just say like, hey, we're here and we're high and we're not going anywhere. So what the fuck are you going to do about it? Nothing. Yeah, like you just going to have to accept it. So. And we have to change their perception of what high is. I think that, you know, like people just think you just be stoned out your mind and different consumption makes you feel different ways. Mm-hmm. And so understanding more about it will just, I think, education just gotta help people at this point. I was gonna say, education is definitely um, the building blocks of normalizing um, and destigmatizing it, especially yeah. in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, because, you know, I'm I'm a dare child, so they went hard in the paint in our mm-hmm. communities about cannabis. Um, so, like, really just re-educating people about it and Showing like this, I told people all the time, I'm high 96 to 97% of the time. And one, you probably don't even notice. And two, it it makes me a better person. Like, it makes me more sociable, it makes me more creative, it makes me have better conversation. So really, it helps everybody. <laughs> so what, what, why wouldn't you want that? Mm-hmm. There's been a conversation on my page, and it's <clears throat> to make can to make cannabis let everybody really know really what it's about. It would hurt two big industries: the liquor industry and big pharma. Pharmaceutical, yeah. Yes, and so it's just that. Um, why tell everybody the benefits and what it could do? It's easier to use scare tactics and like propaganda Mm -hmm. people who are already ignorant ignorant and they can continue to amplify like no I don't want that to happen it's a drug they Mm -hmm. shouldn't be taking it they have it in the home with their children but a lot of women especially in the black community they have been had their homes you know violated their, you know, children take, I just, there's so many things that have happened that, I want to choose my words wisely, 
um, there's so many things that have happened in the community that I'm not saying white moms can't relate to, but in the black community, we just have a different walk that we have to walk, you know, with mm-hmm. cannabis, but we need cannabis mm-hmm. because like, I'm thinking about like how my family members have to go to, you know, they're going to the doctor, they're getting, you know, my dad and them are relying that their doctors are giving them the right medicine. They're giving them the right in these bottles and they have no idea. They're asking me, they're asking me to look it up. I started giving my dad like, you know, CBD stuff Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm, you know, I'm learning about right now. And so I know that was a roundabout way to say like, wow, Cannabis is so, like, important in the black community. We can't really, it's not really available to us. It's mm-hmm. not for us to really, really have. And so it's a, the stigma is not just around, is it, I'm sorry, no, the, the stigma is around using it, having it in your home, being black in America with it. Because when you were black in America with it, to them, it's no, it's no different than you just having like any crack heroin and right. anything any else. Like they, they have fall into a bucket. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I'm saying that right, but like it, while we just we we need it as a community, we can, we don't have it. It's like it's it's like this toss up of. Well, I mean, I don't know. just look at your recreational. I'm trying to use my words really wisely. Like, that's just me. I like, I, but. No, but I mean, look at your recreational limitations that you have. Like, it's really not recreational. <laughs> like, you have to go through all these hoops to get it. And like you said, it's just not something that's readily available in black communities. And because it's not readily available, the education is also not readily available. And so they're I... still thinking this is quote-unquote drug like you said put in the same bucket as crack cocaine and everything else when it's not but they don't know that because the the education's not there the the actual cannabis is not there for them to even be like well okay maybe i should go learn about this maybe i should at least give it a try if it's not there in in front of you you're gonna still think that it's this negative thing and keep with what they've told you before. Okay. I think, thank you. I think, cause I was like, you know, I'm at the end of my J. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, again, so like, thank you. I hope that all makes sense to those listening. That's what I was trying to say. I appreciate I that Jasmine was able to like scoop that up <laughs> and clean that up for me yeah no i got you i i very much agree with that and i i honestly don't know if i've again speaking from californian privilege here i don't know if i've ever thought about it that way um because it's always for me it's always a question of just like why 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 because there's just so much evidence there's so much education there's so much opportunity and all that like I just don't understand why in our communities I understand obviously like you said pharma liquor has a lot to do with why it's you know Texas don't want to have nothing to do with it and all these other states that you know 
put money into these big pharma companies and these big liquor companies don't want it to go legalized. That I've always understood. Money. But... Money. money. Old money. But it's always been very much kind of a conundrum to me, like, but in our communities where that doesn't, that's not what we're worried about, like, why is it still so hard to get people on our side? And I've never thought of it being from a, a term, uh, from a standpoint of access and education. Like, they just don't know because they just don't have the access to it. And... It's just like, like you in California, you can go right. That's what I'm saying. Like I've never really yeah. experienced not having access to it, even when it was legal. I mean, illegal. Even when it was, you know, going to get it from the plug. Like it still was not as difficult here as I'm sure it was other places. Um, and then places that don't even have anything right now, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, they're struggling trying to figure out. Probably like, you know, CBD. Mm-hmm. People are, you know. <clears throat> Doing like the Delta A, Delta Nine, there. And see, um, even those things, like I know nothing about Delta Eight or Delta Nine because we don't. I don't need that out here. I'm. We have THC, and so when people talk about this, I'm like, is is that like a new strain name or like? They're like, no, it's like a kind of the cannabinoid. Right, and I'm like, like, there's a whole nother one, and apparently there's eight and nine too. Like, I got, I got this look. I had this so crazy. I had this whole like God thing, bro. And they had on there, and I couldn't believe it. It like goes all the way down, like of all. Oh wow! Can you take a picture of that and send it to me? Yes, I will do that. That is so informational. <laughs> but like that, like so people because you don't have to, like you said. It's not even it's not even in your brain mm-hmm. to like have to like do a workaround. Mm-hmm. So as many people are doing workarounds, you know, I'm sure that there is some other like black market stuff that people are having to trust people sending them stuff in the mail, in the mail, and all this. It should be readily available, right? And and and, and if you think about it, when you get down to those type of like tactics, which I use that word lightly because I think tactics sounds negative and it's not a negative thing. It's something that you're having to do to get what you need because other people have put roadblocks into Blake. So I don't, I don't want to make it sound negative, but when you're having to do the, go these roundabout ways and stuff like that, it makes people less apt to trust you and it makes less people already questioning it going to be like, Oh hell no, I ain't trying that because you just doing this like on the side of the road somewhere, you know, this ain't, I ain't, this ain't, legit like yeah it doesn't give the credence to let me try and learn more or let me try and see if maybe i can form my own opinion if you can't mm-hmm. even really begin to trust the process because you know this is not the right process true yeah based on like how it is right now right i think with more, with more people talking like you know your podcast, other people putting out just knowledge. And that's, that's, what, makes- that's why I think, you know, why I think melanated smoke is so important is getting that education, getting that foundation, especially in areas that don't have that access, that don't have, you know, they're not California. Like, you, we, mm-hmm. we don't, we, we figured it out out here. Now we need to work on the other places. 
Yeah, so I love that. Just really, they they looking at they looking at probably you know you or I anybody that can freely, you know, smoke. Like even me smoking on my page for some of my supporters is like wow, like because they could not do that. They could not even show if they were out about with their friends doing that because it would affect probably their career. Mm-hmm. It would affect relationships and other things like that because the, again the stigma. Mm-hmm. So there was a time when you couldn't, you know, liquor had had you know a stigma, you know, that it wasn't as readily available. It wasn't um, the way it is now. Although all exactly, at, all, back in the woods, building like you know, doing moonshine, all these things. That's then it wasn't. It was the taboo thing. Mm-hmm. It was you know not marketable it wasn't able for on the masses to like make money off of like all of it to me it's got to do with money Mm -hmm. they don't care about the people they don't care about you know who we are all we care all they care about is how they can check a box yep that's all sometimes i feel like we are to them how are us as people, as humans, individuals, equate to dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. It's very sad, but that's why we're here. We're here to break those molds and to, uh, how do you, you unbreak a curse, right? You, yeah, un, yeah. to break, no, you can't unbreak something. That's called fixing. We're breaking generational cannabis curses in yes. the black community. And I love that. I love that so much. And it is exactly why I knew um, I had to have you on this sh- on the show. And also your reels make me laugh. So I was like, oh, she seems cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate you just talking about it. And I'm just, like I said in the beginning, I'm new to this. So I'm learning as I'm, as I'm going, I'm educating myself so that I can educate, you know, the people who choose to follow me. I'm going to always give a, a look of, this is what this kind of mom looks like. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, in every space, in spaces that I'm getting into now, it's not a lot of us. Nope. And that's not a, you know, it's not a bad thing. And it's not a bad thing that moms have been able to cultivate these networks because we do need these spaces that they can say, you know, I see you, you see me. That's why I feel like people of color need their spaces to say, like, to represent, to say, you know, I see you, see me, because we have been looking at one screen for a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, now that we can just diversify that look and stop looking like, now can we just be people? Mm-hmm. But we can't because there's still this whole, like, to deny the racial undertones and the gender undertones that plague, you know, I know myself and, like, The industry people. as a whole. As a whole. It's just, it's, you can't look over that. Mm-hmm. 
we I mean I'm there's we don't live in a time for me to say, oh, we can all be people. We can't because we right now we, we obviously cannot because there's some basic things that people is not understanding about humanity. Mm-hmm. So I'm passionate about that because, like, I can't even watch the news, girl. Like, I, that's nothing about my anxiety. Because to digest it, it's I have to take it in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. I got to pray about the things that I like. I cannot control, and I and and for the people affected and the peace that they, I hope that they have, and just the covering they need. Because I, I it, to take it in, it literally, it's like I know them and I don't know them. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of the anxiety that I, that does. And, that it I, just, and it so. starts to wear on you and it puts you back in that negative space. And I fully understand that. I also do not watch the news very often because it depresses me. And so I have like a, I have a podcast that I listen to that gives like quick rundowns of like generalized things that are going on. Um, okay. So I can like stay and, you know, still know what's going on in the world. But yeah, without, without like, and I listen to that like maybe once a week, <laughs> without like the trauma that I get. like the local news. The local news will bring you down. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it, it's a very traumatic thing, and I it's not something that I particularly want to deal with. So yeah, I just don't. Um. Well, I think this has been absolutely amazing. I think that you have given a great name to black cannabis everywhere, or at least the ones, you know, on the show, listening to the show, who also listen to the show at any point in time. (laughs) Appreciate that. Yeah. And um, I think we're going to get ready to head out. Yeah. Uh, But before we do, we always wrap the show up with a random ass question. From the random ass question list, because what is highness without randomness? So I have a list of questions numbered four through 20. Um, Uh You can pick a number and then I will ask you that question. Okay. My old jersey number was 10. So number 10 is, would you rather know the secrets of outer space or the secrets of the deep blue sea um outer space the water freaks me out i have a little i i I literally probably should go get talk to somebody about the ptsd i have about water (laughs) did you like almost (laughs) drown at some point in your life or something 100% 100% like a couple years ago in Mexico. Yeah, see, that would do it to you. Yeah. And, and in the ocean, so I can definitely understand. Oh, uh, yeah. Like just like a regular pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. All by myself, I found out that a really good friend of mine, she loves me to death because she was literally saving my life in the middle of the ocean. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other story, girl. That sounds like an unfun adventure. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't now the the part of it, it was it was look it was a very beautiful part then it was a very not beautiful, unbeautiful part. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah it was a high and then a very very extreme low <laughs> yeah I, so I would say like I said the outer space I want to know what they're doing out there <laughs> yeah I love aliens I fully believe aliens are real so and that they are among us um so I would love 
to smoke with the alien. Like, what kind of trees is the alien smoking? They might have some next level growth up there with their soil. Exactly. Like, can you (laughs) imagine? It might be like ivory. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Like some extraterrestrial soil and grown this strain here. Like, what would you call it? E.T.? <laughs> yeah. Like, this This had you smoking with pop. Man. Okay. <laughs> Let me try it. Yes, that's exactly um, what I would choose as well. The, the secrets of the outer space. And then mm-hmm. I would ask the alien, so... Let's talk about Pluto. Like, what is it really? Is it a planet? Is it not a planet? The alien would know. So you're going to get your space insight from the alien. I, all the oh, we are going to have a conversation. A very, I got questions. Over several, several yes. messages. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Look, you drive the spaceship, sir. I'll sit back right here. Ask my questions. See, you need this. I do need to learn to roll up. I need to learn to roll up before I, because you can't be the co-pilot and can't roll up. So I need to learn to roll up so I can be the co-pilot of the alien spaceship, and just be like, all right, let's start from the top. Where'd the cosmos come from? He gonna know. Yeah. Actually, I hope it's a she. I don't really want to talk to he. Uh, alien, because he's gonna try and mansplain everything to me, and I, you know, I just feel like the sister smoke session with the alien would be top notch, top notch. Again, yeah, I wonder what strain's gonna be in that soil. I know, like their weed probably goes in like two seconds because the soil is like so amazing. Yeah. That makes sense. When you do, please let me know. Yeah. You want to come? I want you to do your first podcast and then invite me on the second (laughs) show. Let me know first how it goes. And then we'll talk about what happens (laughs) with everything, you know. And then we'll talk about me coming along. (laughs) Yes. All they friendly. Ask all your questions. I feel your questions might save us. No, I, I think the aliens are friendly. I think it's the robots that we need to be scared of. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Robots aren't, they don't like us. Um, so, I think that's been a whole last show. We talked yes. about a wide range of things today. We did. Commercials, being a cannon yeah. mom, aliens. Yes. There was some I'm other sorry, stuff in there, the but ramp. I'm drawing a little bit of a blank right now. <laughs> You talk about so much. I know it was a it was a great conversation, um, yes, and I truly, truly enjoyed having a sister smoke session with you. Before we head out, oh thanks. Yes. Um, before we head out, let the people know where they can find you. At Melanated Smoke, that's. On Instagram and Twitter, uh, then everywhere else is just melanated smoke. My website's gonna come out later this summer, but so follow me on Instagram. I'm on YouTube as well. I have a couple of videos. 
love it. Love the consistency. It makes everything real easy too. Melanated smoke, pretty much everywhere, right? Everywhere. Right. Um, so I want to say thank you again for coming through and smoking with me. Yes. I really, really appreciate me. it. Yeah. yeah. This was amazing. I feel you made me feel very special. This is a whole mood. Yes. Good. Yes. I enjoyed myself. I love to hear it. And, um, I'm so excited that I found another person in DC because I do plan on traveling uh very soon so i'll add you guys to my list and like me you and lex are gonna have to meet up and have like a blunt or two or three or whatever i agree yeah Yeah. just not seven joints in the day no (laughs) but we're gonna get together yes definitely 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 do that um so i think that sums up another episode of bluntly black girls uh once again thank you to my smoking sister opal and you guys can follow us at Bluntly Black Girls on IG and Bluntly BLK Girls on Twitter. Visit the website. Uh, it is live, www.bluntlyblackgirls.com, where you can hear more podcast episodes and you can order your Intentional Highness box set. They are still available. Um, comment, rate, subscribe. Talk to us. Let us know what you thought about the episode. And um, if you have any questions for Opal or what is going about, what is going on in D.C., any pop-ups that she may know about, or if you have any questions regarding being a Canna mom, if you're maybe looking for resources um, in her area, I'm sure she would love to talk to you. Don't be a weirdo, but definitely get in touch. Uh, smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl. We're out.